Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sack since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks. And take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over 6 million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush? I know, I know. I am not Vinny Milani. It doesn't matter. It's okay. I am the Mukes Sire, Aaron Mukes, alongside, yeah, 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 boy, AJ Johnston. Oh, man, this is a very, very special Tuesday, August 30th morning here in the city. And I know it looks a little different. Show <laughs> might not be as bright. There ain't no light bright <laughs> on the show tonight. <laughs> um, yes, Vinny is, uh, has come down with something. We're not sure what it is, but he had to bail last minute. But I told him we will hold it down. AJ yeah. and I got this. We're, we're all in transition. We're moving. We're taking new jobs. We got new systems yeah. at work that we want to throw out the window. <laughs> AJ, how are you? How are you doing? I, I'm good. I am happy to be back. Uh, as some people know, I was visiting family. Uh, as you say, we're all transitioning into different parts of our lives. And I had to go see my family and friends for one last time before I hours and hours away. I'm happy to be back in my studio. The last time y'all saw me, I was in the lounge, which was relaxing and whatnot, but it didn't have the same feel, you know. I got my mic with me. I got my monitors. I'm back in the technological techno. I can't even say the word. Y'all joke about the way I use technology. <laughs> I can't even say the word. <laughs> uh, but it's good to be back. It's also good to be back on the show. Sad I couldn't be on the show with Vinny as well. But you and I always uh, always have a good run when it's just you and I. So I'm excited to jump into some NFL talk with you. Get my chops wet again. I've been missing this conversation with people who know what they talk about. Sitting at bars and games with people who just watch football, it's not the same. <laughs> I got to go easy yeah, on them. So. It's funny. I don't know that you and I have really done a show since, like, hoop. That's what it feels like since, like, Probably. Basketball. Yeah, it's you're like, right. It's, it's been a while. It's been a yeah, while. that's it's true. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But we got so much coming up. We have two new season previews tonight or today. We have the Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions. We're breaking down. Um, the offense, the defense, prop bets, the schedule breakdown, what our records are, and then obviously our preseason power rankings. But first, I'm going to do something that Vinny has yet to do, even though he designed it. We're going to jump into those morning headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. 
That's right. Morning headlines here on this Tuesday. Uh, the first one, look, Vinny threw this in there because it's the Jaguars topic, but I don't think <laughs> you really care very much. Uh, Jaguars trade LaVisca Chenault to Carolina exchange for a 2023 seventh rounder and a 2024 sixth rounder. AJ, does this, does this ruffle your feathers? Does it pique your interest? What, what does this actually mean for both the Jags and the I just think I think it was very smart for the Jaguars. It was somebody they liked, but really couldn't find a way to use them, apparently, because it just seemed like the talent they thought he had doesn't really fit what they wanted to do as a team. And now you look at Carolina, a team who just spent, you know, I guess now 10 to 11 million dollars in Baker Mayfield, but are also hoping to invest their future in a Baker Mayfield. So they go out and get another weapon. Hopefully, if Christian McCaffrey goes down, there's somebody who can do something else. Uh, just giving him every chance to succeed. And you got him for cheap because they just watched him flounder out in Jacksonville for two years. So uh, it's not huge news until we see if LaVisca Chanel can finally get on the field and actually uh, make a team a lot better. So, but it's it's an interesting tidbit of something that went down. Yeah, uh, Vinny and them had kind of brought up a name that I know they're excited about there in Jacksonville, and that's the Tim Jones. Maybe that had something to do with the trade of LaVisca Chanel. Maybe they thought he was more expendable because of the play of Tim Jones in this preseason and training camp. I think this really boils down to maybe just a new place for a guy that you think could have been something. Um, and maybe he was ready to move on too. like, hey, let me go get an opportunity elsewhere. Because not that Carolina doesn't have Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, but maybe there is a way that they could find a way to use LaVisca Chanel in the slot yeah. a little bit. Or may, again, maybe behind a Christian McCaffrey, when we know it's a Deontay Foreman and a Chuba Hubbard haven't really lived up to their family. Right. So uh, I, I thought it was kind of just a note, like something that happens yeah. in the offseason that's getting ready. You know, they don't really have a roster spot left for him. But I did find it pretty interesting that it was two draft picks. I know they're late rounders, yeah. but a lot of times you don't see players go for two draft picks. So gaining two assets for the Jaguars to then have um, in 2023 and 2024 um, is, is something that they can use going forward. And then the, the second morning headline here, we have 49ers, and Jimmy Garoppolo have agreed on restructuring a one-year contract that keeps him with the 49ers. He'll be the highest paid backup in the NFL. And they lowered his base salary to 6.5, fully guaranteed. And then he gets some incentives and starts. Um, it also has a no-trade clock. So Jimmy Garoppolo is all, is all in with the 49ers for at least yeah. one more <laughs> season. What does that mean for the 49ers? So this is a good move on both parts. I mean, obviously, I would imagine that the the hope was that Jimmy G could have gone somewhere to get a starting opportunity. But with Baker Mayfield going into uh, Carolina and really the Seattle Seahawks know that they're going to be looking for a young guy next season. There just wasn't really many landing places for Jimmy G. He's always been a pro's pro. He likes Trey Lance a lot from what we hear. So him getting to be there with San Francisco, a team he's done a lot for, and a team that's done a lot for him, it allows him to be a backup, kind of help Trey Lance succeed. Uh, and then, you know, he obviously gets the opportunity to step in there if something goes wrong for Trey Lance in the way of an injury. Uh, this was part of their plan. You know, if they couldn't get a trade done, they were going to keep him. There was no reason to let him go there. They weren't releasing him. They weren't cutting him. They wanted to take it all the way down to the deadline. If nothing worked, find an agreement that they both could have. Now, the no trade clause is interesting because even though it's in there, that's just so Jimmy G is now protected. They can't just all of a sudden up and trade him somewhere that he has no say in. So now he gets to have the conversations. He gets to be in on the talks about his future. Uh, and if they don't find a trade partner by the deadline, well, then he's free to leave uh, next season in free agency. So I think it's good on both parts. I think it's smart on both parts. Yeah, so I I'm curious as to do you think there's now maybe questions about whether 49ers are thinking about 
did they make the right move in going to Trey Lance this year and not waiting a, another year? Like, do you think there's any kind of thought process of like, man, maybe we should have just waited another year? I mean, I think it's that hindsight 2020 because you didn't find a trade partner. It's easier not to look at your ex when she's not in the bar. You know, when you let her leave, it's whatever. But when he's still in the room, you know, you kind of get that side eye every now and then. I think Trey Lance is a guy. I think they really like his talent. I think, like you said, with some of these young guys, you, you need to get them in. They spent a, a overall third pick on this guy. They traded a lot of assets to get him. It's time for him to play. And if he's not ready, it's trial by fire. Uh, and you hope that doesn't succumb to injury. But it's nice to have that guy as your backup who's one of the best quarterbacks when it comes to backups in the NFL for sure now and a guy who knows your system very well. Let's not forget he's he's been winning games while he's been in San Francisco. He did take him to the Super Bowl or at least, you know, throw the ball in the Super Bowl for them. He just doesn't make the plays. He doesn't do the exciting things. He doesn't take them to the next level. And they think they have a guy in Trey Lance that can do that. So, again, if something goes wrong – we know Jimmy G can step in there. He knows the offense. He knows what they need to do. And they don't really seem to lose a step, uh, at least system-wise, when he gets in and at uh, under underneath center. I'll be honest. I, I worry that if Trey Lance plays bad, you start getting the rumblings of put in Jimmy G. And, and I think that at the end of the day, this may just become a distraction for Trey Lance's mm. development. And I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to play bad. I actually think he'll be fine. Right. But if he goes through a stretch of games where it's three, four, five games in a row and they're not winning and he's not playing well, there are going to be rumblings that say the 49ers should put in Jimmy G to take them wherever they need to go because they've been there before. And to me, I, I like to give, if you're going to pass the reins, pass the reins and move yeah. on. And, and I, I thought the Niners should have just cut Jimmy G or traded really? Um You can find a backup quarterback in this league that can win you a few games. If you're looking for a backup quarterback to take you to the Super Bowl, then you don't trust your starter to yeah. be what he is, in, in my opinion. And I just think that um, ultimately this could result in a, a bit of a distraction if he doesn't play well. If he plays well, I, I don't think you have that conversation, but I do worry if he doesn't play well that you're going to start getting those. I don't know that you could cut him, though. What, I mean, like, they, what was he at, like $18 million before this? Like, that's a lot of money to just cut bait with. Like, and no trade partner came out that was willing to give what they needed. And knowing that he's, you know, just going to be on his way out the door anyways, they're not going to spend a premium for him. So you have a good situation where you just have a good backup and you had to deal with what you had left in your in your office. You're not going to – I don't know if you cut a guy like Jimmy G and just let someone pick up the, the rumblings of it. I, I think they the could have found a trade partner had they, had they been willing to. You don't think they tried hard that. enough? I don't think they tried very hard. Huh. I don't think they tried. I, I, I'm pretty sure they could have found a trade partner if they really wanted to. They probably would have eaten some of that money. And yeah. ultimately, that's what they're doing anyways by making him the highest paid backup. Yeah. Um, they're eating money regardless. I, I think they I think they is part of them does not fully trust Trey Lance. And I think their fallback plan is Jimmy G. And maybe it's because Trey Lance is a runner, right? Maybe it's because yeah. he, he's going to be out of the pocket more. Maybe he gets hurt and you have Jimmy G to back him up. But uh, we'll see. I mean, he's going to be, on, he's going to be. In... <laughs> but how far does that go? I mean, like if you don't trust him, sure. Let's say, let's say we're at week seven. It's a two, a situation, of course, not with the injuries or whatnot, but then you're like, all right, it's not working out this season. You're just going to go back to that again next season. I mean, you're not re-signing Jimmy G. I mean, but that's how, my how point. That that, that's my point with why are you even keeping him? All you're doing is creating that distraction. It's the same distraction that was there when Ryan Fitzpatrick 
was in the building when Tua was there. Like you have to commit to your young quarterback that you invested. And he's going to struggle. And you have to be okay with him struggling and still giving him opportunities to put him out there. But if 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 they go and bench Trey Lance when he plays bad, what are you really saying I don't about know that? If they'll do that. But so I don't either. But then in that case, why in the hell do you keep Jimmy Garoppolo? That's the point. Like if you're not gonna bench Trey Lance, it's it's a just in case he gets hurt. And then what do you do if just in case he gets hurt and Jimmy G's balling out? Do you go back to Trey Lance? Like that's no. those are the those are the questions that will have to be answered. Yeah. And I think that's a distraction for a team that's obviously been trying to shift to a new quarterback. And again, we'll see how it plays out. We're not sure if Jimmy's using it. Bill, he may not, but I do think that's an interesting, interesting dynamic. So, right. um, but that's it. Those are our morning headlines. And of course, as always, our morning headlines are brought to you by Manscapes Body Wash Daily Shower Gel. Our ultra, our ultra premium body wash it's infused with aloe vera sea salt to keep that skin feeling so fresh and clean, moisturized using a clean, vegan, dye-free formula scented with auto, authentic, refined cologne. Um, it hydrates your skin. It's refined fragrance. Uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. So you got to get it if you want to take a, you know, take a nice shower. This is the body wash you want to be using. And as always, use that promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. AJ, normally I go and I do the injury report, but today, since I'm in a little bit of a different role, I don't want to talk too much. So you tell everybody what's going on with these injuries. I'm with it. Uh, You know, there was a decent amount of uh, injuries all throughout the preseason today. Uh, We're going to just get a couple of them. Not too bad. One that scared a couple people, Najee Harris, the uh, running back from Pittsburgh, suffered a list Frank sprain in camp but should be good for the regular season i joked around with Vinny. i was like i learned something new today i saw list frank and freaked out didn't know it was just a sprain i was like oh my gosh that can happen cool so he's good i can still draft him in fantasy perfect so just a list frank sprain for Najee harris should be good for the season opener and then um we all heard the news about brian robinson the rookie running back out of washington uh was a victim of a carjacking and was unfortunately shot in his lower body multiple times, but uh, he had surgery, posted on his Instagram that the surgery went well. Um, he's looking to getting back as soon as he can. Uh, and, we, you know, it's all well wishes at this point. It's uh, bigger than football. We're just happy he's okay. We're happy this is an injury that he can come back from and still be hopefully as great as we expected him to be. So um, he should be – I don't think they gave a timetable. They're kind of just respecting his privacy and his families at this time. So – uh, once again, Brian Robinson was a victim of a carjacking, was shot multiple times in his lower body, but surgery went well, and uh, he's looking at coming back soon. So Antonio Gisman shares are up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I joked around about it, and I, I didn't want to be insensitive, and I didn't play the injury report thing uh, intro for a reason because I did not want to be insensitive to the Brian Robinson uh, situation. Yeah. Obviously, a man was shot. Nobody's happy about that. And I joked around a little bit about it yesterday, and I felt kind of bad. Um, saying that Antonio Gibson, you know, was was, knew his job was in danger and maybe, you know, yeah. he had to call a hit on it. It wasn't, <laughs> I, again, I was just kind of joking around. Um, that would be awful, by the way. Um, and right. I'm sure Antonio Gibson's not happy about this. But for from a football standpoint, we did talk about, yeah, this is an opportunity now for Antonio Gibson to make a move and, and say, hey, this is my job. I can lock it up again and I can go out and prove myself and get back in the coach's good graces and earn my spot. And I'm not going to say that I know he's going to do that, but I do think he'll be fine. Um, yeah. 
I still thought he was the most talented back on that roster, that he had some things. Obviously, the fumbling issues are the big deal. Um, and, and some coaches are, are more turned off by stuff like that than others. I mean, there were years. I remember the year Zeke fumbled six times. And everybody was yeah. like, bench Zeke, bench Zeke. And <laughs> then you really think about it, and you're like, you know how stupid that sounds when you're benching right. a guy that's yeah. 12, 1,300 yards every year and, and does his job. So, uh, But it can be frustrating when you're turning the ball over in the NFL. So Antonio Gibson gets his chance to make amends and uh, we're, we'll be interested to see how he can how he can do it. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. that's really that's really yeah. good. Um, I mean, on, on the on the smaller side of things, I think this is an opportunity for Jared Pattinson, a guy who played well down the stretch when they were Patterson. out of it last year. But um, it's, it's not that, Twilight. Okay, cool. Oh, so <laughs> you know who that is? Interesting. I do know who Robert Pattinson <laughs> is. Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you know, just to to get a couple more carries and show his worth on there too. We know JD McKissick's role is basically carved out. Uh, but Jared did run well, and he was my guy. He was my uh, sleeper from last season that I thought had a good chance of being good in the NFL, so maybe now we can see it in year two. And he should get some playing time, especially if Antonio Gibson doesn't lock down that spot. Uh, but as always, it's time for our wonderful – let me tell you where we can find you. I'm going to do this one, AJ, because uh, I have something else for you. But as always, you can follow us, the Sac City Pod, at our wonderful platform on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Be sure to hit that follow, subscribe button, share it. We got all the clips. We're breaking down. We're breaking down all of the the season preseason previews. We got game previews and game recaps that we will be having all season long. You're not gonna want to miss it. We just hit 500 subscribers. So to everybody that subscribed to the channel, thank you, thank you, thank you. But our goal is now another 500. So let's get to a thousand. Share that show so we can monetize this baby and we can provide all the content that you guys want and need and desire. So go and follow us at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, all those special videos at the TikTok. Oh, no. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's time to tell the ladies and gentlemen about Manscaped. Oh, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Sac City Pod is sponsored by Manscaped, and I'm going to do it a little different than we've been doing it. I'm going to tell you how Manscaped is the best thing for your sack since... Whoa! Wrong black guy. (laughs) Wrong black guy, black guy. (laughs) The best thing for your sack since sliced sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, for those bushy sacks, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, for those smelly sacks, and of course, take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. You're also gonna get yourself some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put those goodies in. Manscaped is the sack leader with over six million men worldwide who trust this sack. That's roughly 12 million sacks. How many sacks, Aaron? That's a lot of sacks. That's a lot of sacks. So join them exclusively with this offer for 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com and show your sack the love it deserves. Man, I, I absolutely love, love, love the lawnmower 4.0. Uh, it makes it smooth. It reduces those nicks. Be sure to go out and use that promo code SACCITY. As I said before, 20% off free shipping worldwide and you're supporting the sack city podcast and we it's like hand in hand manscape takes care of your sacks 
Sac City takes care of you. It, it, it's it's just what we do. It's just perfect. But it's time, AJ. It's time. Yeah. Time to get into our season previews. Today we are starting off with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles, the NFC East. We've uh, you know my my Cowboys are in the NFC East. Philadelphia Eagles acquired AJ Brown this offseason. Their offense looks to be revamped. It's the the truth of Jalen Hurts. This is the true testament as to what he's going to be as a quarterback. So AJ, I, we got to start with the offense. Obviously, who is the X yeah. factor on this offense? Where basically, if he's not there, they're not winning. And if he's on and doing his thing, they're winning. Who is that X factor? And you know, I, I know it may seem like the easy route out, but you you alluded to it. And I think the answer does have to be God. <laughs> this this. This StreamYard stuff is just – I get it, Vinny. I get it. <laughs> Damn, man. See, the worst part is now we can't even make up with the plantation jokes because even you picked the wrong black guy. <laughs> I am half white. Go ahead. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. You're, you're okay. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to say it's – I'm going to say it's Jalen Hurts. I know that might be the low-hanging fruit and everybody's looking at what Jalen Hurts can do this season. But that's been the talk of the town uh, since last season when Jalen Hurts played quite well and took them to the postseason but just couldn't do enough to get them over the edge. At this year, they did everything they could to make sure he set up for success going forward. You know, they went out and got A.J. Brown, like you alluded to. They locked down Jordan Mailata, who's turned out to be one of the best left tackles in the league. Now you can really argue and say that the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. They went out and got defensive players, so he's he's situated on that side of the ball. Now you have an offense with a Devontae Smith, an A.J. Brown. Dallas Garter was one of the top tight ends with the uh, yards run per route last season. You have an offense that has weapons all over it and will keep defenses guessing because with him and Miles Sanders on the rush game and then all those wideouts in the pass game, he should be set up for success. If he's going out there and he can't get it done, we're, we're seeing accuracy problems. He's dropping below 60% game after game. That's going to be a problem. If he's getting wide open receivers and missing them by yards and they're turning into turnovers, that's going to be a problem. I don't foresee that. I think he is going to take another step forward. I'm hoping and kind of expecting that I will see him over 3,500 yards this season. I think I'll see him back in that 700 rushing yards this season. I'm not going to predict touchdowns for the rushing because I do think if Miles Sanders can stay healthy, they're going to want to give him the ball a little bit more just to keep, again, to keep the defenses guessing and then allow him to step back and run that play action and uh, and do some talented things he can with that with his arm. So, uh, But if he's not on, after everything they've done for him, we've alluded to the fact that the Eagles will look to do something with some picks next season. And if they can get themselves a young QB and move on from Jalen Hurts, well, that'd be the second time in four or five years that they're looking for a new franchise quarterback. So this season is all on Jalen Hurts, and I think he has the requisite weapons to do it. It's time to get behind center and step up to the plate. <laughs> See, I get that, and I and I, I agree. I, I do think a lot of this team is what they're – capable of is going to be on the shoulders of Jalen Hurts. But there's a, a big question mark about Jalen Hurts that I constantly kind of battle with myself about. And it's not the talent. Obviously, he's mobile. He can get out of the pocket. He has a good arm. He, he can see the field. It's the accuracy. And th this is something I've always said in the NFL. Is can a non-accurate quarterback, not only non-accurate in, in college, but from since he's been a quarterback, he hasn't really been known as an accurate quarterback. Can a quarterback improve their accuracy? Is that something you can develop over time? And I'll be honest, the precedents that have kind of been set in the past were most inaccurate quarterbacks, Cam Newton's, they're usually always pretty inaccurate. They never really gain um, that accuracy or the ability to put the ball in places that they need to put it in. 
and we're talking about Jalen Hurts, that's the one question mark I have. You go from 52% completion percentage in the few games that he played um, in 2020. Then he comes back last year, obviously it improved because 50% is just worse you could ever have. Um, it improved, <laughs> but it's still barely over 60%. And that, every time I think about, man, Jalen Hurts, I think he has it, that pops up in my head. Can he be accurate with the football enough to get that completion percentage to just acceptable? I mean, I'm not asking for 70% completion percentage like the elite quarterbacks in this league, but can we get it to 65? Can we get it to 66? I'm struggling whether I believe he can actually do it or not. And I, it's just some of the errant throws. And sometimes it's errant throws based on the fact that he's rolling out of the pocket and there's nobody there. Sometimes it's his receivers not winning and he's got to put the ball in places and maybe his receivers aren't making plays for him. So on one hand, I'm like, okay, you bring in a guy that can go in and make these catches in an AJ Brown, who's big, physical, strong, a guy that's going to go up and make plays. And then you say, okay, now Jalen Hurts has a guy you can throw the ball up to and go make that play. And maybe AJ Brown is the answer. Maybe AJ Brown is the guy that's going to come in and change what Jalen Hurts sees on the field when he, when he develops that chemistry with them to trust him a little bit more. And maybe it's that simple. Then something always pulls me back and says, I'm not quite sure if that's all that was the accuracy issues that, that were concerning me. So that's my only point of caution with Jalen Hurts. Everything else, I love. I love the ability. I love the leadership. I love that his teammates believe in him. I, I worry, is it, is it something that just can't be fixed in, a, in an accuracy problem? And therefore, he's always going to be Cam Newton-esque. Which went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but yeah. Is always going to have that stigma. You can never take that that extra step. You oh, you have to do it with your legs in order to be elite, and you can never take that extra. To do a little play off of one of my favorite movies, Anchorman. When I look at Jalen Hurts' stats, fifty percent of the time he was accurate. Every time last season, he had eight of his seventeen games. He was over 62 percent, over sixty three percent. Uh, I think this year you're going to see that number climb to 10, 11 different games where he, you can see that. And I think he's going to benefit from the fact that this is the first time since high school that he's having the same play caller and the same offensive scheme. And not only is he familiar with what's going to be going on in the field, he now has more weapons. We've been talking about the weapon issue in Philadelphia for the last four or five years when Carson Wentz had receivers didn't have a 500-yard receiver one season. Barely got a 600-yard receiver the next season. Now you have guys, you know, J uh, Devontae Smith coming off 900-plus in his rookie year. A.J. Brown, when he's on the field, we know what he can do. And we've, we've allotted to the weapons over and over again. I don't want to go back to that ad nauseum. But I think he's going to benefit from having the same scheme, having having it set up where he can do more of these play-action plays or have the ability to make the right choice because now he's got more space out there. Having, an, having, a, having a defender following A.J. Brown down there when you're rolling out to the same side, that might give you an extra 10 or 15 yards instead of having to force a throw that you feel a little bit more comfortable rushing out on some of these uh, some of these scrambles that you might not have done before because you just had nowhere to go with the ball. So it's about making the right decision uh, with your legs instead of just always depending on them. And I think he'll have the confidence to do that a little bit more, uh, knowing that he can also be trusted to make the right throws now. They've all put everything into this. I mean, they came out to training camp wearing memorabilia and, and shirts and hats. It's hurt season. And everybody was on that train for the first couple weeks of training camp. They're putting a lot into him. Uh, they're, they're trusting him. They're playing for him. It, 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 I don't want to talk about how much pressure he has, but a lot of us know the truth in this situation. And I think he's up to the task.
Yeah, I think the Philly hype machine is not just about Jalen Hurts and that offense acquiring A.J. Brown and maybe some weapons. But to the defensive side of the football, and I'm going to say it, I have been probably the most reluctant to buy into the Philadelphia defense. The names are great. Uh, we saw what they were able to do in the draft. We saw they go out and get a Jordan Davis. They go and get a Kobe Dean. Uh, we talked about Josh Joe playing in Alabama, knowing their, that system and playing coming from a power, power five school. And then the addition of a James Bradbury, who's been a pretty good corner in this league. Plus, you still have guys like Fletcher Cox. So uh, Hassan Reddick, I not even mentioned him. So the names on the on the Philadelphia Eagles defense is there. This defense gives me the vibes of the Los Angeles Chargers. And I know yeah. I say this all the time, but I'm, a, I'm, I'm from the show we say. You have to prove to me that when you have the talent or the names that we say are talented, that you can go out on the field and have that translate to action. I, again, worry about that success. And I know it's just been the preseason. I know it's been um, hard for us to really gauge what the preseason has looked like. But as a team, Philadelphia did not come out in the preseason and really do much to show me like they were ready to go. They got beat up by Miami. They got beat up in another game. Their run defense was terrible against Cleveland. They drove up and down the field on a first-team defense um, and an offense that looked decent but again, how are you going to help a Jalen Hurts? How are you going to help an A.J. Brown when your defense doesn't look the same? And I think this defense has to show me. It's still going to take time for them to gel. It's still going to take time to get that cohesive unit together. Do they have the pieces to make it a, a top 10 defense? Absolutely. But is that going to translate on the field and actually come to fruition? Again, I don't know. And maybe it's just my disbelief. This is not being a Cowboys fan. This is... This is watching what I saw last year in that defense give up 50, give up 48 to a division rivalry, and then come back this year, go address certain key positions, and then not really show anything in the preseason. It's just been a bunch of names added. I attribute it very much to the Cleveland Browns defense or the Los Angeles Chargers defense. I don't know that I'm going to trust it until I actually see it come week one, two, three, four, whenever it happens. I think you're going to be low on their defense for the first couple weeks of the season as they start to gel. Uh, but much like last year, this this defense and mainly their secondary came on late in the year. I remember I, I think it'll come on sooner this year. Let me say that. But like last year, it came to the second half of the schedule where you were seeing guys like Avante Maddox really step up and end the season with about nine pass deflections. You know, you got a lockdown in Darius Slay. And then, like you said, you added a lockdown in James Bradbury. I think that is huge because now you're looking at a secondary that you really feel like you can trust. Now you're looking at covered sacks. Now if this front end, which normally they do get to the quarterback with guys like Fletcher Cox, they lock down a Josh Sweat. They normally get to the quarterback, but now you're going to have extra time because I thoroughly believe this secondary is going to be locking people down step for step for most of the, for most of the season. So when you have that, I mean, you, you know how like in baseball, you, you draw it out bad and you give some people, you give teams time. I think you have a defense that you shouldn't do in the NFL, but could do that. Your offense is tired. All right, well, let's, you know, let's make sure we don't give up too much in the run and then, you know, give it about five plays and then lock it down, shut it down. You might have a defense that can go in at, at, a, at a, it's like crying on cue. When it's time to turn up, get it done. I, I believe this. I, I'm, I've been very high on the Philadelphia Eagles, and I understand I should probably temper it a little bit. There's still a lot of young talent on this team on both sides of the ball. 
but it's time for young talent to show out. This is a new NFL. We got one or two old guys left. You're talking about Tom Brady and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Andrew Whitworth last Oh, the left disrespect. Last year. <laughs> the disrespect <laughs> to your own old so quarterback, people, former quarterback, so Matt Ryan. People, I don't call this, him old. He's, he's the young same at age as he's, he's the same age as Aaron Rodgers. He's young at heart. He's still he's still a kid. He's still a kid out there. You know, <laughs> that's why he's free to change teams the way he did. Don't 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 do that. Don't don't make me hate listen, on Matt Ryan that way. <laughs> listen, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I'm gonna pull a Vinny here because you're right. Philly's defense came along last year. Matter of fact, that was one of our streaming defenses for the end of fantasy football. That's true. But let's not forget what happened at the who they played. <laughs> like their last seven games were the Saints without a quarterback, the Giants, the Jets, the Washington, the Giants, Washington, and then the Dallas Cowboys the last week of the season, who, by the way, they didn't play any of their um, what, starters, it's I believe, barely, in that game. Yeah. And, and it, or we didn't play any of our starters. I don't remember who it was, or they didn't play any of their starters, which whatever. It was 51 <laughs> to 26. So, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it wasn't good. They scored 41 and 51 in two games last year against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. When you go back to the beginning part of last year, they were giving up a ton of points. They dropped 42. Kansas City dropped 42. The Vegas Raiders dropped 33. Uh, Tampa scored 30. Chargers scored 30. Saints, um, actually, the Saints did score 30 in that game, and the Eagles scored 40. So I, again, I know they came on last year, yeah. and I'm, I'm comfortable with saying, okay, the Washington football team got the hype last year. This year, it's the Philadelphia Eagles defense. It's getting some hype. And I, I'm just concerned that it doesn't translate on the field. I agree with everything you said. And maybe there's no legitimate logic behind my reasoning as far yeah. as saying they can't, because I do believe they can. But it would be it would be a travesty if this defense shat the bed like the Washington football team did last season. I'm, that's still to me one of the biggest question marks of last. I, I, I don't like, how can you have that much talent and be that bad? And right, and yet they right. were. So. That's organizational, in my opinion, at that point. So, <laughs> and, and if there's one thing I do feel, the Eagles have a pretty decent organization, or at least they are back to trending in that direction. Um, so, but I get you. It, 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 we we talked about all offseason. It's easy to talk about the hype in the offseason. But once week one starts, that whistle blows and you're on the field, it's a whole different story. You have to show up week in and week out. And they have they do have to prove it week in and week out. This is not a ah, they'll be fine type thing before week one. We can't say that so damn near week six, seven. So, so in, in line with the defense, the offense, we talked about both. What what specifically, AJ, are you watching for from the year, whether it's a player or something specific from them as a team? So I spoke about it to your point of the defense, and I'll, I'll go uh, more positional. Uh, I am looking forward to this secondary. I think they got a hype train there. I couldn't believe that the Giants let James Bradbury go to a divisional opponent of the Eagles, who everyone was already talking about could be could be the best team in the NFC East uh, fighting with the Dallas Cowboys. So now you got him. I've always been high on Darius Slay. Uh, we just talked a little about Avante Maddox. I'm looking to see if that if they can be one of the teams that don't just lock people down but cause turnovers, put quarterbacks in confusion, make them make mistakes, and capitalize on it. This should be a type of defense that can create turnovers, and I'm looking to see if that's going to come from this secondary. Uh, I think it's going to be very exciting, and uh, I won't give away anything, but, uh, again, I'm very uh, very high on the Philadelphia Eagles and what they can do this season. You won't give away anything. Look at you teasing. Yeah, last year, the Philadelphia Eagles, just kind of to put that a little bit into context, they had 12, oh, I'm sorry, they had 13 interceptions, 
12 interceptions last year. Mind you. 12 yeah. interceptions last year. That was bottom 12 in the NFL. So they weren't creating those turnovers in the secondary, like you mentioned. And you're hoping a James Bradbury can come in and, and make some more plays. And then you have Darius Slay, obviously, who's one of the better corners in football that we know quarterbacks do not like to go at. But maybe having Bradbury will actually force them to have to go at Slay a little bit more and then turn, uh, create some of, the more, some more of those yeah. turnovers for them on the defensive side of the football. So with that, let's get into our odds. Vinny likes to do this gambling game, <laughs> so I'm going to get into this odds. Where does he have them here? These prop bets here, Ooh. locked and loaded. Um, plus money all the way around here. Winning the NFC East are plus 150. Eight and a half rushing touchdowns for Hurts, plus 120. And then 70 receptions, 70 and a half receptions for A.J. Brown, plus 100. Mm. A.J., which one would you lock in as your kind of go-to bet that you think you can uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the eight and a half rushing touchdowns for jalen hurts and part of that comes from i think he's gonna take some away from what would be a miles sanders they are both they both have home run hit ability you know they can both rush the ball from 30 yards out and get to the end zone and i think some of the scrambles that he's gonna have are gonna turn into that he had 10 rushing touchdowns last season so even with you know with a little bit of regression, you know, I think he can get he can get up to nine. And uh, I, I I like some of those other bets, but I worry about I worry about AJ Brown being hurt possibly. Um, and then to win the NFC East, I don't know about locking that in. You, you know, every year there's a new one, and as good as they are, <laughs> and as good as I believe they are, and they have the shot, I don't know about locking that one in. But uh, so I'll take my guy Jalen Hurts, and I'll say he's going to get over eight and a half rushing touchdowns, and that's that's heavy. Yeah, I think this one's tough for me as well. Um, it could be eight and a half rushing touchdowns, but I I think with the addition of A.J. Brown that there's going to be less opportunities for him to score rushing touchdowns. I think they throw to A.J. Brown in the red zone a little bit more. He had 139 carries last year. I don't know that the, he gets to that number again, and I think that's going to limit some of those rushing upside. I think there's a little bit of touchdown regression there. I think that number is going to be mighty close to, to eight eight and a half, yeah. nine, like yeah. somewhere in there. I don't know that I would lock that one in. Um, I am, however, going to lock in the receptions for A.J. Brown. I actually think that they are going to use A.J. Brown a lot, that they are going to try to get him the football. And I know that yeah. Devontae Smith maybe fits that that role a little bit more as the possession kind of guy that you're going to throw the ball to. Targets. And then A.J. Brown is those yeah. big plays and then break tackles. And A.J. Brown's only had 70 catches one time. But a lot of that is tied into health. He's never really played a mm-hmm. full game. Um, he only played 13 games last year. I think A.J. Brown gets over 70 catches this year. Um, I'm going to lock in. This might be That might be a risk, too, but um, I, I think right. A.J. Brown's prime for a big year. I really do. Let's get into the schedule. Schedule is, is the thing we were talking about earlier. Um, who are the, the, the teams they need to beat? When's the most important games? All that kind of good stuff. What is the storyline here for the Eagles schedule. I mean, so in the NFC least, uh, that's the one that matters to me. Like I, I get that there's my Cowboys. Anyways, okay. I mean, listen, <laughs> I, I understand for a lot of teams, there's a stretch as you look at in this pocket of games. But when it comes to just about any team in the NFC East, I look at how they play the division because that's going to be what's most important for them. Coming out of the division, you might be the only team that can get to the playoffs this year. I think that leans more true than it has in a while. We got two last season. Uh, I don't think that happens this year. I think the winner gets in and 
I'm sorry, I do think there's multiple because I think both Dallas and the Eagles can get into the playoffs. Uh, but you want to lock in that division for the NFC East just to kind of solidify it. So I'm looking how they play Dallas after coming off a 12 and five season last year. We expect them to be pretty close to that again. Look at how they play a brand new Washington Commanders team. And I'm looking how they play or how Brian Dable can play against these Philadelphia Eagles. And if he can make anything happen, he's been a good offensive coordinator. Can he be a good head coach? So uh, I'm interested to see what this division play in the NFC least. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny because the NFC East or least or whatever has the easiest strength of schedule for the season. So the, not only does the Dallas Cowboys have an easy schedule, but the Philadelphia is ranked 30th. The Giants are 29th and mm. the Washington Commanders are the 30 are tied with the Dallas Cowboys in the easiest strength of schedule. Obviously, based on last year's record, this is always pretty interesting to, to talk about. I look at this schedule and I think there's a lot of winnable games. Yeah. I think, you know, you look at the Lions game, the Commanders in there, Jaguars. Houston, Washington again, the Giants, the Bears, the Giants again, the Titans there. I think there's a lot of winnable games there. Yeah. So I'm not, but I also think they're the type of team that loses some of those games and then they'll beat a team that they're not supposed to beat. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll give you mine first. I'll just jump right into it with our, with our schedule, our season breakdown of their record. I do not have the numbers about what we did earlier this year because I'm not Vinny. However, I have them going nine and eight. Um, I told you I thought this team comes in a little bit overrated. I think they do fight for a wild card spot, but I did think they were overrated. I'm not sure if I have them getting in this year. You'll have to wait till next week when we pick our make our final predictions. But I have them going nine and eight. I think they struggle defensively still, and I think that's what keeps them from kind of getting over that hurdle uh, to, to win the NFC. So uh, when we did this the first time, I had the Eagles going nine and eight as well. Um, I have since gotten a little higher on the Eagles uh, and I haven't done this yet. And this may be different and, but I, I feel good about it. I, I'm going to give them an extra two games and I, I think they're going to go um, 11, 11 and six. I think they have that capability. Um, the two games that I'm looking at that I originally had them losing I'm going to give them that. I, I had them losing to the Giants in week 18 just because I thought they'd be fine and maybe not play anybody, but I'm going to give them that win in week 18. And I'm also going to give them their win over uh, Washington in week 10. Uh, so I think they get two extra games from me. I'm going to give them that 11 and six record and we'll leave the rest to <laughs> leave the rest for next week. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Listen, we don't have the power rankings because Vinny's not here to input them and I don't know what numbers are slotted and available. Um, I will say that you had them slotted, I believe, at number 11. Mm -hmm. um, I had them at number 15. So we will address the power rankings on our um, our farewell show, our, our farewell into the regular season show, um, when we yeah. talk about where we feel like Philadelphia will finish this year. But it's probably somewhere between 10 and 15. Um, right. If there are spots like, still available, obviously, you got to look at that. But they'll, they'll fall somewhere between 10 and 15 on our preseason power it's partially my fault because I forgot to give you all my preseason <laughs> rankings for some teams while I was on, you know, hiatus. I won't even call it a vacay, but, uh, you know, but I'll be better. Okay. Sac no, City fans, fine, I'll we're be better. Making, we're making it up as we go. <laughs> this season preview is brought to you by Manscaped's brand new ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. This luxurious lather cleanses and nourishes in just one step. Using coconut water, green tea, and aloe, 
This non-greasy daily formula is naturally hydrating and rich in antioxidants to revitalize the look and feel of your hair. So head on over to manscaped.com and use the promo code SACCITY for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. The new ultra-premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner from Manscaped. Take care of hair everywhere. The Detroit Lions as our next team on our season preview breakdown. I'm going to take this one right off the bat because this is the team that I've been super, super uh, intrigued by. And the offensive side of the football, what it's going to look like this year. And it's going to be a lot of DeAndre Swift, a lot of Amon Ross St. Brown, and a lot of TJ Hawkinson. We're talking about guys on the offensive side of the football that are explosive. We saw what Amon Ross St. Brown was able to do last year towards the end of the being ranked as one of the top receivers in football at the end of last year. And when DeAndre Swift was healthy, he was arguably a top five running back in the NFL. I think that what Dan Campbell wants to do is run the football. He wants to create that physical. We already know he's a physical, uh, tough guy that played tight end, but loved to be on the line of scrimmage. I think he wants to create that running game and make sure that they start with the smash, smash mouth football and create play action and explosive plays off of that. And I think that means a lot of DeAndre Swift a lot of Jamal Williams, and then you find guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, and heaven forbid Jamison Williams come back healthy in the middle of the season to, to break off some of those explosive plays. This is a build for the future, and I think he said it best on his hard knock show. This is, uh, I have a plan, guys. Just trust me. Like, I just want you to trust me. And he got really emotional about that. He has a plan. He sees where he wants this team to be, you know, three years down the road, and if they give him that opportunity, I really do believe he can get where they want to go, which is competing again with opportunities, playoffs, and, and beyond. So um, I'm really looking forward to this offense establishing a physical brand of football. And it starts up front with that offensive line, who's a really, really good offensive line, um, a really good running backs, and then the play-action game, which Jared Goff is an experienced quarterback. He does know how to play off of that. And I, and I think it starts there, and I look for Detroit to be not only more competitive they, than they were last year, because they were competitive last year, but start turning some of those competitive games into wins for their team. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. This is a team that wants to, want, that is changing their identity, wants to be seen differently than they have been for the past, which is basically a losing culture. And, you know, I think Dan Campbell's doing it right. And I know it's professional. So what I'm about to say is like, I'm going to give a damn about fun, but he's starting it off right way. You know, they're bringing in happiness and hype back into the culture and being a place you want to be, being a team you want to play for. And that immediately makes you go in a little bit harder for your people that you're playing with. And once that comes in, you see the talent that they're also surrounding you with, that, that gives you a little bit of extra hype. So I, I think Dan Campbell's doing it correctly. Uh, and, I mean, to be where they are with Jared Goff, we've made fun of him. But we've also always given him the respect. He was a number one pick, and he knows how to play the game of football. He's just not, quote, unquote, special. And if you can see that you have special talent around Jared Goff, well, if they're just unfortunate on, in the win column this year, now you're talking about another possibility of an early pick with a young special quarterback coming in. And now you're talking about a team that once they learn the ropes, like you said, about two or three years down the road, uh, this is a team that could be back in contention for at least, you know, a, a nice playoff run. So uh, I think you're spot on with, with where, where you're looking for this offense to be this season. And when people like make fun of the, or kind of mock the Dan Campbell, like, ah, rah, 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 rah. Like, <laughs> people have to realize today's NFL, the coaches that are players' coaches that can get hype with their players, that can relate to their players, that knows what it feels like to be in a locker room and maybe be part of a franchise that's been shit for so long, to change a culture is so difficult. 
And I think he's yeah. done a good job relating to those players and telling those players and not only telling them, but showing them that he actually cares about their futures and what they're going to be and what kind of team they want to have, despite not winning games. It's not all about the winning of the games. It's like he's showing that he actually cares about them as people. And in today's society, people like that. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. This is not the same old football, like the tough, rough and tough men that don't want, you know, it's all about the job and get the job done. Like people want to feel like they can be understood. And I think he's doing that as a coach. And I think there's something special about that. So to mock that, I think is just ridiculous. Um, I always give him credit for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think that that is what's going to breed him success as a head coach, because he's going to earn the respect of the players in today's game. And nothing means more than that. When players yeah. respect you as a leader, you are going to be far more successful than if they don't. So um, I, I love me some Dan Campbell. Always, I'll yeah. always have, uh, I'll always have his back. Um, now on the other side of the ball, they really, really struggled defensively last year. One of the worst defenses in football. Um, what kind of season do we expect from that defense when they add pieces like Aiden Hutchinson? Can we expect him specifically to have a really nice year one? And does that impact their defense, um, obviously, to where they want to get? I'm excited for Aiden Hutchinson. You know, this is a guy we talked about uh, and everyone talked about possibly being the first overall pick. Didn't happen that way. The Jazz went with Trayvon Walker. And at that point, the Detroit Lions sprinted up to the podium for what could be a generational talent at the pass rushing position. Aiden Hutchinson, the guy who recorded 16 and a half sacks at Michigan his last year, uh, has been compared to both of the Bosa brothers. We've seen what they can do in the NFL. I don't know if his first season is going to be like that. I think he's going to be talented. I think he's going to make a difference. I see him being somewhere between the seven and between seven and 10 sacks. I think he has a potential for double digit sacks, but I think expectations should be a little tempered. Uh, I think he still has a learning curve to get to, but his talent, his body, his burst off the ball uh, is undeniable. We've already seen in some of these early preseason games. We've already seen the way he carries himself as a rookie professional. Uh, so him specifically, everyone's talking rookie of the year. There is a lot of great defensive players drafted in this in this year's uh, draft. So I think that kind of has to kind of come down a little bit until we see what he's looking like in the season. And as far as the rest of the defense, I don't know. I don't know that he's at a place yet that translates to the defense feeding off of him. He's a high energy guy. He plays with a lot of passion, a lot of emotion, and of course, football players love that. But there's guys, there's vets on that team. They've been around for a minute. They know the throws of the NFL. They know the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of the season. And I don't know if he's at that spot yet to kind of feed into the defense where it all just translates starting with him. I think he can get there, but I don't think that's until season two or three unless he's just, as promised, ridiculous again, double-digit sacks, can't get by him, nobody can stop him. And, and, I, and I think he's going to have to grow into that in the NFL level. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about a defense that gave up 6,500 yards last year, fourth worst in mm. the league. Uh, I don't know that they improved enough defensively to to make any kind of waves on that side of the football, which means mm. their offense is going to have to score. They're going to have to, you know, create time of possession and create some turnovers to, to allow them some extra possessions. But I do think Aiden Hutchinson helps tremendously. We talk about defense. We talk about edge rushers getting to the quarterback to allow your back end to make plays and not have to cover as long. The one word that I was disappointed you didn't mention, you talked about it, but you didn't really mention this particular word. Talk about him playing hard. Is Aiden Hutchinson's motor. 
he doesn't stop. And I love motors. I love guys that are relentless. And yeah. watching him in the preseason, that's what I noticed. Like that to me jumps off the tape. That to me is a football player that is always going to have a, a chance to be successful because he is relentless. The, he, the play is not over until the play is over with him. He doesn't stop. And that motor is something that I think is special. And I think that's what will translate into success for him. I, and you're yeah. right. I don't know that he gets to eight, nine, 10 sacks, but I don't think he has to. I think when we right. talk about defensive pass rushers, we get enamored with sack numbers, but it's about creating pressure. I mean, we, we talk yeah. about guys that Aaron Donald doesn't always have 20 sacks, but he leads the league in quarterback pressures and he's disrupting throws. And those things are make your defense successful. So I look for him to do some of those things. And I'd look for Detroit to feed off of that. Uh, maybe not from a vocal leadership standpoint, but look, and I'm not comparing it. Michael Parsons wasn't a vocal leader for the Dallas Cowboys last year. You know how he led? Because he wreaked havoc on the football field. And, yeah. and despite what people may think, Micah Parsons alone changed the entire Dallas Cowboys defense because of what he was able to do individually, allowed other guys to trust that, man, I could just do my job and he's going to do his and we're going to be good. A lot of times what happens with bad defenses is you try to overcompensate for other people missing assignments, other people not getting to the quarterback, other people being in the wrong place. When you focus on your job individually, then collectively you can be one unit and, and success can happen. So um, it's possible that Aiden Hutchinson has a, uh, a season that can turn around a Detroit defense or at least make them better. You know, maybe they get to the middle of the road and, and that's so much better than last year. Maybe they win some of those games. So I do yeah. look for him to have an impact. But you're right. It's not going to be something where he's going to come in and all of a sudden be some vocal leader and change the way the Lions are playing football. Like he just has right. to do his job. And in turn, the Lions might see some more success as a result. Well, I think it's kind of what you said. They just didn't improve enough as an entire defensive squad. And like if, you know, the Micah Parsons thing is really nice and, and I get what you're saying. I feel like that's a little bit different when you're talking about an edge rusher. Like, yes, that is probably the most important part of the defense. Don't get me wrong. Get to the quarterback. We need that. But, you know, like at the same time, if the quarterback isn't got to, Micah Parsons has the ability to be in the area when the ball's tipped or thrown. You know, if, if Aiden Hutchinson doesn't get to the quarterback and he gets the ball off, well, is the linebacker where he needs to be? Is the cornerback and the safety where they need to be? Or is somebody running across the middle of the field on a dig route and now has another 20 yards that he can turn up the field? So uh, it, it, it does. I think he has the ability to impact games. I think you'll see four or five games where that defense is really inspired. I don't know that it will last consistently throughout the season. Uh, and and you, like you said, you agreed with me on that point, but that's kind of where my thought process is as the individual to impact the entirety of the defense. Yeah, um, let's get the one thing I'm really watching for this team. I, I'm looking for year number four from from TJ Hawkinson. I, I'm TJ Hawkinson is mm -hmm. is a player that we talk about him wanting to be one of the elite tight ends in football, and you can see it. Uh, he's never had more than 67 catches. His best year was 2020 when he had 700 yards. But we're looking for him to take that next step as to the Mark Andrews level, to the Travis Kelseys, the George Kittles. Hell, the Kyle Pitts level after his rookie season, and it just hasn't quite got there yet. I think it's in him. Maybe it's a little bit to do with quarterback play, but he had Matt Stafford there, and he didn't do it. Um, he had Jared Goff there last year, and he really didn't do it. So I'm looking for him to take that next step and become one of the 
tight ends, the real elite tight ends in football. And I do think he has what it takes, but I need him to start making more plays. I need him to start, you know, opening up the field a little bit more, maybe with an Amon Ross St. Brown now and a DeAndre Swift and more weapons for Detroit. You find more open coverage for TJ Hawkinson, seeing that he doesn't have to now just be that one guy that's on the field that everybody's looking at. So um, I'm really looking for year number four for him to be his quote unquote breakout year. I think 80 plus catches close to a thousand yards is something that he has to have in order for this Detroit offense to truly succeed. Yeah. Uh, he's on a, not as far as drops, but he's on that uh, Evan Ingram uh, line right now. Like he was supposed to be so great and it's just not really, it hasn't panned out. And we know there's things that have led to that, of course, but I'm with you. Like he, he has to be a weapon for them. They, that they've depended on that and it hasn't come out to. So, but Jamison Williams gets in there too. Now you're talking about two wide outs and some open space for a tight end. Absolutely. It. Yeah, it definitely should open some space up. I look for him to take advantage of that. Um, let's get to the Lions prop bets. Hmm. Uh, locked and loaded. Once again, uh, we have under six and a half wins plus money. And then the other two are under, uh, under 1400 and a half yards for Swift total yards. Over seven and a half sacks, which is right around the number we were just talking, minus one twenty-five. If you had to take a bet, AJ, where are you putting your money? I'm going under six and a half wins. I don't think they can get to seven. Um, I think six will be hard. Uh, I have them a little lower than that too. So um, they good offense, a lot of weapons, but it, it boils down to the entirety of the defense. And you know, we, we've talked about that a few times. I don't think their defense will keep them winning games uh, i don't think they'll protect their w's as much as cost them w's so uh, i'm gonna go under six and a half wins we'll lock that in and feel pretty decent about it this season sorry guys sorry lion pride <laughs> <laughs> sorry lion pride hear the roar um <laughs> this one's actually pretty easy and yeah i know it's gonna be barring health um something along the lines of that but deandre swift was kind of a guy that didn't play a full complement of snaps last year. Got hurt, missed some time, didn't start all the games, but, you know, he ended, I think this year he's a workhorse back. I think 1,400 yards, total yards, between rushing and receiving is a piece of cake. For him. I think he runs for 1,200, catches another 600, and if we're talking 1,800 yards for a guy that's explosive. This is not a – this is Alvin Kamara. This is – a guy that can put up those kind of numbers. And he was, he was doing well last year before the injury. They scaled him back. I, I, I think this is the easiest bet. I mean, it is minus money. Of course, uh, they think yeah. probably going over as well, but uh, I, I'm taking the over on the 1400 yards for DeAndre Swift. I just don't think that's high enough. If he's healthy for full complement of snaps, I think he's well over. Yeah, I can see that. All right. You mentioned it. Let's do it. You said you said less than six and a half wins. Let me get my handy dandy, my handy dandy cheat sheet here. Tell us, tell us why. First of all, why you have them under six and a half wins, and then what games on the schedule could the Lions possibly get that would, would shock us? Okay, so I have them at five and twelve. Um, the games I think they could win that would shock you. Uh, I think that they can I think they can catch a New England, but that's probably not a shocker to you. But New England has a pretty good defense. Uh and that, that could 
if their their offense is clicking on all cylinders, not, not definitely at all. <laughs> definitely not a shocker to me. Uh, but see, and then and then they may they may get one one GB in week eighteen. Uh, that may not be a shocker because it's week eighteen, and Green Bay will probably be something at like fourteen and three, and not playing anybody that matters. Um, and then if you want to get one last shocker, I will take the uh, Minnesota game in that back end as well. Um, that's three wins. The other two just kind of sprinkled there with Chicago somewhere in there. Probably. I'm, I'm surprised. Somewhere. You know, I'm, I'm surprised at what I did here. Um, now I'm looking at my schedule and I had them going five and 12, to be honest with you. But I look at the schedule and originally I had them beating, I had them beating Washington week two, Seattle mm-hmm. week four, then not getting a win again until Jacksonville. And then Jacksonville, the Jets, and Chicago. Those were the five wins. Then I'm looking at their schedule and I'm like, you know what? They could beat Chicago and Chicago. They might. Mm-hmm. They could beat a Carolina team. I, I think there's more wins um, there. I-, I think there's a few more wins there. It, I, it, like, I give you the Carolina because it's so late in the season. But honestly, I if they're mostly healthy, they're not being a Carolina team at that point in time. That's go time yeah. for Carolina. You're I, looking I at a Lions team that's playing for pride. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm going to go on the record. Hear me. Hear the roar. Hear the prowl. I think the Lions are a little bit underrated this year. I'm going to give them a little bit more wins. I'm going to say that the Lions go 7-10. and 10. And I may be okay. way off base here, but I think they're going to win. I think they're going to shock some teams. I think they'll beat the Vikings one time. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to shock some teams. I think the Detroit Lions go seven and ten this year. I'm changing. I'm changing it right here on the record. Detroit Lions seven. And 10. See, see what happens when you get a show with AJ and and Aaron. I've I've about called you Vinny and Dylan. <laughs> that's two. That's two different teams that gained two wins live on the show. That's not an everyday occurrence, people. That's why you tune into the Sac City. That's big. That's big. So with the Detroit Lions um, on the power ranking side of things, I think those two wins don't really do much here. I still think they're not a very good football team when you compare them to other football in the NFL. Uh, You have them at 31, which is, I think, disrespectful. Um, Because you have them, I'm I'm assuming you have them worse than your Atlanta Falcons, and that is definitely not true. Um, it's not true. They would not slap not the Atlanta Falcons around. Yeah, so, I and I have, them at, I have the them at 27. I have them at 27. So we are going to split the difference here. And we are going to say 29 is where we're going to have the Detroit Lions. And if that's conflicting with somebody we already have at 29, then we adjust it. But as of right now, the Detroit Lions are 29 on our preseason power. Well and that's it. Well that's it for another episode. That's it. We're done. On the yeah. hour, this is the first time we've had an hour show <laughs> of the season previews. We've never done it. We've been an hour 15. We've been whatever. So in light of that, we're not doing a social read. Go check us out on all of our platforms. You know you can shave your balls with Manscaped. Uh, <laughs> shave your balls. 20% off right. City. All that good stuff. AJ, thank you for joining me. It was great. I'm glad you're back. I cannot Likewise. wait until we're back. Tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> but tomorrow's episode is fantasy football. Fantasy football returns. It is draft season. I know you've drafted teams. We've drafted some of our teams. We have a draft coming up next week for the Sac City League that we will give you more information about tomorrow. Um, I don't know what we're talking about yet. I haven't decided, but um, cool. it will be, it'll be, it'll good. be good. It'll be good. It'll, it'll be good. But um, yeah. yeah, with, with that being said, uh, for your, your boy, uh, AJ Johnson, I am... Me? That's what Vinny says? 
Aaron Kuxnixaya, we don't do last words anymore. I don't really know what to do. This is the, this is the awkward moment when we're not sure how to end the show. Uh, uh, peace, peace out? Peace out? <laughs>